The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... President Mitch Pomerantz addresses the opening session of the 51st Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to ACB Reports for August 2012. At approximately 7 p.m. on Sunday, July the 8th, President Mitch Pomerantz called to order the opening session of the 51st Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. This entire edition of ACB Reports is devoted to his opening address. Ladies and gentlemen, for the fifth time since being elected President of the American Council of the Blind, I come before you to offer my report to you, the thousands of men and women comprising our ACB family. Whether you are attending our 51st annual National Conference and Convention in person, listening throughout the nation and the world on ACB radio, or reading these remarks and the pages of the Braille Forum a little later this year, you are a part of a dynamic and democratic organization. I welcome all of you regardless of how my remarks are reaching you, and I want to publicly acknowledge that without your support and participation, there would be no American Council of the Blind. With this conference and convention, we conclude the first year of ACB's second half century as a grassroots consumer advocacy organization. ACB has addressed its own interesting times since last we gathered. I'll cover some of them and what we're doing to deal with them over the next several minutes. But first, some well-deserved thank yous are in order. As I've stated in previous reports to the membership, the everyday work of ACB is carried out by our small but dedicated professional and administrative staff working in our Minnesota and Virginia offices. Our Executive Director, Melanie Brunson, Controller Lane Waters, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, Eric Bridges, Director of Development, Stephen Obremsky, and Braille Form Editor, Sharon Lovering, all work tirelessly to make our lives and the lives of blind and visually impaired people everywhere better. And to Barbara in Arlington, Lori and Chi in Brooklyn Center, and our other support staff who keep the wheels turning and the gears oiled, a special acknowledgement and salute for your efforts.
I also want to recognize and thank the 15 other members of the ACB Board of Directors and the five members of the Board of Publications. I've worked hard to keep the Board of Directors busy while Paul Edwards, the BOP Chair, has kept the group active as well. In turn, both entities have made sure to keep us honest and on our toes. At the close of this convention, two directors, Billy Jean Keith and David Trott, will conclude their second and final terms, while Ken Stewart will wrap up his third and last term on the Board of Publications. And we've also learned recently that while eligible to run, Marsha Farrow will not seek a second term on the Board of Directors. All four have made valuable contributions as members and leaders on their respective boards, and I want to thank them for their service to the American Council of the Blind. Let me also mention the contributions of a former member of the Board of Publications, Janine Stanley, who resigned for personal reasons at the end of 2011. I was sorry to lose Janine's experience on the Board of Publications, but have her commitment that we'll be able to draw upon Janine's expertise as a techie when we need it. Janine's replacement on the BOP is no stranger to veteran ACBers, as he was the editor of the Braille Forum a number of years ago, Nolan Crabb. He has definitely hit the ground running, assuming the chair of ACB's Web Task Force, which is responsible for updating and managing our website and presence on the internet under the auspices of the Board of Publications. Speaking of such things, ACB's new web administrator, Annette Carter, joined us in January right around the same time as Nolan. Annette has considerable experience, most recently managing CCLVI's website. Let me begin by talking about what started as a serious challenge over this past year, but is about to become a noteworthy success for ACB. As you know, in 2011, we commenced working on the problem of the inaccessibility of information on prescription drug labels with the introduction of HR 4087, the Accessible Prescription Drug Labeling Promotion Act by an old friend of ours, Representative Ed Markey of Massachusetts. This lack of access has jeopardized the health and safety of every blind and visually impaired person who takes prescription medication. Mr. Markey understood the seriousness of the problem. 
The bill language, which earlier this year was incorporated into S-3187, the Food and Drug Administration Safety and Innovation Act, calls for establishing a working group comprised of representatives of the blind and aging communities, along with pharmacies and the U.S. Access Board. This group will develop best practices for pharmacies to ensure that people who are blind or visually impaired have access to prescription drug labeling. These recommendations would provide guidance to pharmacists on actions they can take to ensure that their blind and visually impaired patrons understand the information on their prescriptions and to enable independent access to that information. The guidelines will provide pharmacies a range of options they can choose to offer their consumers. Both houses of Congress approved our language and it only awaits the President's signature, which we may have this week. We are proud of this initiative and believe this will go a long way toward protecting blind and visually impaired persons from inadvertently taking the wrong pill or the incorrect dose of medication. Since I'm discussing access to prescription information, we can't forget the tremendous work being done by our attorneys, the queens of structured negotiations, Lainey Feingold and Linda Dardarian. Both of them send wishes for a successful conference and convention and congratulate ACB on 51 years of advancing the rights of people with visual impairments across the United States and the globe. This is Laney and Linda's 17th year working with ACB and they look forward to many more years of collaboration, friendship, and landmark advancements in making information and technology accessible. So let me mention Laney and Linda's activities addressing access to prescription information. On June 8th, Walmart announced that it has begun a pilot program to provide talking prescription containers to mail order customers with visual impairments across the country and also at three stores. ACB, CCB, and AFB were structured negotiations partners in this groundbreaking initiative. Any ACB member who can is encouraged to order a prescription through Walmart and try the Script Talk talking prescription system. This pilot is the first step and is part of a broader initiative that Laney and Linda have engaged in with Walmart 
and other major retail chains, including CVS Caremark, Walgreens, Target, and Rite Aid, to provide talking prescription containers, Braille and large print label information, as well as Braille, large print, and electronic versions of patient information sheets, which are included with prescriptions. Access to other types of information is high on the priority list as well. ACB has made substantial progress with Weight Watchers in the past year on the accessibility of its website, including online weight loss tools, its iPhone app, and alternative formats for print information. Accessibility improvements have already been made, and more are in the works. Laney and Linda continue to monitor ACB's historic agreement with the American Cancer Society, addressing the needs of people with visual impairments who have cancer. Under the agreement, ACS is providing information in Braille, large print, audio CD, MP3, and electronic formats. The website has also been updated to comply with accessibility standards. This year, the American Cancer Society has agreed to provide additional documents in Braille. In 2012, ACB and its Massachusetts and California affiliates continued to partner with Major League Baseball in their ongoing work to ensure the accessibility of MLB.com and all Major League team websites. Much more is happening in the structured negotiations arena. Discussions in various stages continue with the Cinemark movie chain, Bank of America, Safeway, WellPoint, Health Insurance, and Charles Schwab. If you do business with any of these companies and want further information, please contact either Laney or Linda. The ACB National Office can provide their contact information. I need to comment briefly on developments surrounding ACB's efforts regarding accessible currency. The most recent status report released by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing was, to say the least, a major disappointment. It fails to stipulate a timetable for circulation of the first accessible bill since our 2008 court victory. Our attorney, Jeffrey Levitke, has issued a very strong response to the judge overseeing implementation of the settlement. Interestingly, the Bureau is once again at our conference and convention to obtain still more input on the useful tactile features to incorporate into U.S. currency. Please stop by their booth. Be polite 
But let the Bureau's representatives know in no uncertain terms that our impatience is growing over the lack of tangible progress toward fully accessible legal tender. You will remember that in 2010, the 21st Century Video Accessibility Act, thankfully shortened to CVAA, became law. And as a result, the Federal Communications Commission established the Video Programming Accessibility Advisory Committee, or VPAC. This entity included several ACB members, some of whom you will hear from on Wednesday, but also a preponderance of industry representatives whose perspective on what constitutes accessibility under the CVAA differed significantly from ours. Despite the best efforts of our people, the VPAC reports on the availability of video-described content access to emergency information to blind and visually impaired people, and access to user interfaces, program guides, and navigation to devices leaves much to be desired. Thanks to the efforts of Pratik Patel, chair of our Information Access Committee, and Eric Bridges, ACB has submitted comments in response to those reports. Also in 2010, Congress passed the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act, which directed NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, to draft minimum sound standards for hybrid vehicles. The Notice of Proposed Rulemaking, or NPRM, was supposedly released last week. July 5th was the date, and that document is now available for public comment, something you can be sure ACB will do. Last year at this time, I mentioned the fact that the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, refused to cover the cost of low-vision aids as durable medical equipment based on the statutory eyeglass exclusion. CMS will pay for devices to assist persons with physical disabilities, but will not pay for devices such as handheld magnifiers, video monitors, and other equipment which use lenses to allow blind and visually impaired persons to remain independent. ACB has put together a coalition of agencies, vendors, and organizations to join with us in order to redress this inequity. Thanks primarily to the efforts of Mark Reichert, we have drafted legislation which we hope to introduce during the next session of Congress. This initiative will not happen soon. But ACB and the other members of the coalition know what's at stake. The continued independence of thousands of visually impaired persons who aren't ready for a nursing home or assisted living facility.
ACB continues to assume a larger role in the international blindness arena. As I reported at last year's conference and convention, in April 2011, I was asked to chair the World Blind Union's Mobility and Transport Working Group. We were asked to draft a position statement on the issue of hybrid silent vehicles to include strategies to inform and to educate WBU members and to offer approaches for addressing this growing problem. This paper was recently adopted as policy at a WBU executive committee meeting. For the second time, ACB Radio will be streaming the meeting of the WBU taking place this fall in Bangkok, Thailand from November 12th through 16th. Our stream team will consist of Larry Turnbull and Brian Charlson. Kim Charlson and I will serve as ACB's two delegates to the 8th Quadrennial WBU Gathering. And for the first time that I know of, ACB has been asked to present during the WBU meeting. I was contacted about making a presentation on the Sunday before the actual conference as part of WBU's diversity forum on the topic of inclusion, bringing about change, and Thursday at a workshop conducted by ESEVI, which stands for the International Council for Education of People with Visual Impairments. And I will be speaking on challenges and solutions to independently accessing the physical environment. I am honored to have been asked and proud that ACB is being recognized in this way. Thanks to Melanie, ACB continues to play a prominent role in the work of the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, to craft a treaty permitting freer movement of accessible materials across international borders. Before closing, I want to talk a bit about what the board is doing to address the future of our organization. Just as times are changing in America, inevitably times and circumstances will change for ACB. While many of you don't want to hear me say this, ACB is going to change, already is changing in fact. This week we start a brand new process for contested elections something that this country and tens of thousands of men and women fought and died for, the secret ballot. It is up to all of us to see that this change and the others are positive and for the better as opposed to going in the other direction. Whether change is positive or otherwise will largely depend upon all of us 
the membership board and staff of the American Council of the Blind. At last fall's board of directors meeting, we voted unanimously to contract with Don Wells, an individual with many years of experience conducting strategic planning activities for not-for-profit organizations. Many of you were asked to contribute input to this effort, and in February, at the Mid-Year Board of Directors meeting, we participated in a day-long session which culminated in ACB's second strategic plan. This document, which contains four specific goals and multiple objectives for each goal to be undertaken by the board and staff over the next two years, will serve as ACB's blueprint to our future to ensure that we move in a positive direction. Those goals are, one, strengthen communications and marketing of ACB. Two, strengthen ACB's funding efforts. Three, develop and implement a plan to strengthen paid staff and volunteer help. And four, review and recommend modifications to the overall structure of ACB to maximize its work performance. That's a lot of work and will require the efforts of each and every one of us to achieve. The American Council of the Blind and our thousands of members have much work to do over the next several years not simply to improve programs and services for blind and visually impaired people, but to hold on to what we fought so hard to obtain during the previous half century. ACB doesn't only represent the so-called elite blind, the employed blind, the blind of a certain age. We represent all blind and visually impaired people. regardless of economic status or functional ability. ACB advocates for accessible prescription drug labeling for blind seniors, as well as the teaching of Braille for blind youth. Our work isn't always easy, and at times it could be discouraging. Nonetheless, that is our charge and our mission. Join with me and the other ACB leaders and staff in carrying out that charge. Together, we will persevere and we can succeed. Thank you. That was Mitch Pomerantz, President of the American Council of the Blind, delivering his opening address to the 51st Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind on Sunday, July 8, 2012, in Louisville, Kentucky. You can hear this address in its entirety, along with the remainder of the general program sessions, on the On Demand page at acbradio.org. 
You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.